Just say thank you for your support for Bebel over the last few months of this podcast. Um, somebody said to me, you know, Sean, do podcast. You meet loads of really interesting women. Have a chat with them. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I rang someone and said, can we do a podcast? They're like, yeah, just go for it. And then people were saying to me, what other podcasts would you recommend? And I was like, oh my God, I have actually never listened to a podcast. Um, and I still have only listened to five, but I really enjoyed them. And I, two of them I went to see live this morning. So we were very fortunate to be asked to do the live here today um, and our official sponsors have been Brown Thomas for the last few episodes so we'd like to thank them and most importantly I'd love to thank who have become my pals from from being one of the first people that I had on the podcast is Maeve, thank you so much for being here today, Fiona and Virginia, you're absolute stars um, and I can't wait to have the chats because you're also quiet I know, I'm just going to have to keep my mouth shut for a little while. I'm like more wine. So, well, actually, the only thing I will say, BT, is a little bit small. A little bit small. And where's, bring on the cheese. Oh, the girls have started on this scone, so I'm quite delighted. You look so happy. Absolutely. There is an expression for that, but it's got something to do with pigs and we won't go there. Um, so welcome, welcome. So what I wanted to do with this panel today was I wanted to talk about... You know, we're always talking about getting older, um, whether that be your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, um, and how that makes you feel. And initially, when I decided we call it 40s, your expectations, this reality, first thing I did was I rang these two who both went, I am not 40. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't want everybody to be 40 on the panel, so you're fine. P.S. There is nothing wrong with being 40. <laughs> so, so then I rang Virginia because Virginia had done an amazing piece for Image magazine on, on being old, <laughs> getting older, or I'd say getting hotter. I'm definitely hotter yeah, as I get right. older. <laughs> Not the hotter, <laughs> yeah, especially the back of the neck. Yeah. Especially the back of the neck. Um, so we're going to start with that, just talking about expectations versus reality. Then I open, we'll open the floor and you can ask us anything. Okay, be kind, remember, be bell, be hashtag, be kind. Um, and then I did get a few questions as well through Instagram, okay? And, and a couple of those are really lovely questions. One is quite deep and, and we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so yeah, let's just start. So... You go, oh, the cheese is here. Now Sean is happy. So I'm going to pass the Thank mic you. over for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> whilst I eat my Doros. <laughs> um, God, it's kicking in already. Um, so, yeah, like, obviously, I know for you, Maeve, coming to 40 has a different kind of meaning for you. Yeah, so I was, like, I'm very excited about turning 40. Like, it's not, oh, I, when people say, oh, God, I'm nearly 40, I just think it's such a privilege, and it's not me trying to be morbid or sad or anything but my sister died at 39 it was six months off her 40th birthday and I suppose I feel like I'm almost bypassing her in the weirdest possible way um, so I think it's something that should be celebrated I think it's it's fantastic it's exciting and it's an absolute privilege you know I feel like I'm only starting my life my babies are very small and yeah I just think it's I don't like when people dread it I suppose coming from my point of view I think it's something that should be celebrated and should be yeah it's, a, it's an honour, you know? No, absolutely. And I think it's an honour for everybody else mm. as well. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know, as you get older, you get wiser. Yeah. Um, and you have, I think, more fun. 
What about yourself, Fiona? Like, you've been through the ringer before you've got to 40 as well. Yeah, like, I would kind of mirror what Maeve said there. Um, I don't see why people dread it, because I kind of feel like I'm starting to, I'm starting to have real fun now, like proper fun, not just the what-did-I-do-last night fun. Um, it's just really kind of knowing where I am, knowing what I like doing, knowing the person I like being, and just feeling much more confident about where I am as a person. And I wish I had been like this a number of years ago, but I'm just realising it's just good to be here now. Absolutely. I know, um, I mean, I'm, so I'm two years off 50, and I'm excited for 50. Yeah. Only because I'm saving for a really big party. <laughs> um, but I'm excited for 50 because every, every um, like milestone, I think, oh, my God, if I'd only known I know. what I know yeah, now yeah, then, yeah. Oh, it would have been but so But if you look around, better. everybody's nodding. Everybody's yeah. the same. You're like, I wish I had known then how fab I was and how much I shouldn't have cared. And yeah. It's a pity that we realise this as we get older, but look, better Absolutely. to know now. And you wrote a brilliant article, Virginia, well, I suppose I was just in the place where everybody else around me was hey, more... Hey, Bono, can you come a little bit closer? Everyone, everybody else around me was more kind of concerned, in a, not in a good way. They were like, oh, you're turning 40? And I was like, why, like, why is it such a bad thing? And I was coming out in a different place to Maeve. I was coming out of what I call the mommy fog, or the, the mommy pause, where I'm in I didn't know where I was. I didn't know which was up and which was down, and I didn't even have a bad time of it. My kids were, you know, there was nothing major went wrong. That's where, you know, but I just felt like, okay, now I can, I'm coming up to a big birthday. I can actually take a pause and figure out what direction I want to go next. So it was just a coincidence that I happened to be hitting a milestone birthday at that same time. But it was other people who were freaking me out about, like, and will you get Botox? And will you get this? And I'm like, I'm just excited that my kids are in school, that I can do something while they're at school. Like, that's, yeah. that was my goal, to just have time to myself and think clarity. Clarity is what Turning 40 brought for me. And the article, I suppose, was just a, a brain dump of all the things that were happening and things were being said around that time. And that made me think, sure, this is a message all magazines should be talking about. Um, for, for other people that were coming into their 30s, you know, their 50s, whatever, the milestone... We're all going through the same things, but we have to tune into ourselves, you know, and that's what naturally happens. But you all get that thing. I have this thing that whatever age I am, I just think everybody is the same age as me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's actually just with younger people, I think they're the same age as me. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I do that. Do I think I'm 21. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then you kind of be mortified because you'd be chatting to them. Like, I was at a course recently, and there was, like, everyone on the course was between... 17 and 25 and at lunchtime then I'd, I'd sit down with them and they were kind of going you know you were really the not cool kid at school yeah and I was, I was going what, what's wrong here like what's different oh I am to them yes but I kind of figured I was in the same totally disillusioned like um yeah no, I get it because I, I do I'll be doing that tonight like I'll be you know I'll, I'll be out and I'm chatting away and then I'm like god these are my kids <laughs> really you know, I was leaving voodoo rooms last Saturday night and I asked the bouncer how old he was no I was very drunk I was like how old are you he's like I'm 22 I was like I could be your mum <laughs> but a young Phil in McDonald's helped me use the machine who knew that you to order my machine oh yeah no don't go near it don't do robots oh yeah you do you don't go to the counter anymore you yeah. order my machine so the young Phil has helped me I was like I could be your mum too <laughs> I actually loved, I went to see Michael McIntyre there recently oh, yeah. and he talked about, you know, people are on 
and the thing comes up, I'm not a robot. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Of course I'm not a robot. And then it says, you know, pick out the nice way of the traffic lights. And you're like, oh, is there a traffic light in there? You're popping on your green glasses and you're like, is it? I was doing Airbnb last night, exactly that. Where are my glasses? I can't see a bridge in that one. And you're just like... And suddenly, though, the one thing I noticed in the last five... So I'll be 48 then, a few weeks, and in the last three or four years is glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when I was in my 20s, I used to buy fake glasses. (laughs) But now I get to wear them. So now I'm really cool. It's the phone, it's the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I always wanted to wear glasses. Oh, really? So now I get to, now I get to wear them. The, the only problem is I want to wear them so much that it's not good. You know, you're supposed to read them yeah. for reading, and so now my, you have to make sure your eyes don't get lazy. But glasses look cool. It's like those hairbands. Leslie, actually, Harper's Hats do these amazing yeah. hairbands. Like, I always wore... My, my mate is here for 20... 20 plus years and I always wore an Alice band and I was so uncool but now I'm like now cool. you're really cool yeah, yeah. absolutely Harper's hats hint hint <laughs> pink pink one fabulous. so basically the older you get things come back around so we just have to keep yeah, aging absolutely. to be on trend <laughs> absolutely so yeah but do throw stuff out declutter declutter <laughs> absolutely I, yeah, that thing about throwing stuff out, I really feel if you hold on to it long enough, it'll come back. No, no, I no, remember no, 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 I re- no, no, <laughs> Shop owner. no. I remember no. playing dress up in like my mum's one piece suits and they were like flared legs and kind of green, like weird stuff. And now I'm like, oh my God, that's in Brown Thomas. Did they get that from the Simon Community Bags? Or like. It's all coming back. I okay. have anxiety now. No, it's not coming back. It's another version of it that has a trend to it that you have to embrace. Like, if you pulled out the older stuff, certain things, like faux fur, vintage, maybe, but yes. that's it. I was no. only joking, maybe. It's okay. Calm down. Can't. Another glass I of wine. One of my best another glass of wine. If she was here, she'd say it. She's still the same size. She's one of those people who's still a size eight, unfortunately, at her age. She's nearly 40, and I'm so jealous. And she's like, just because my clothes still fit me, and I'm like, it doesn't mean that they're cool. Like, it doesn't work. Well, I always just went with classics. Black top, black trousers, can't go wrong. 20, 28 can. years. No, you can't so go wrong. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> true. It's true. true. But, um, but no, the class. I've noticed shoulder pads recently. Yeah, shoulder pads See, give you a smaller waist, though. Yeah, oh, Happy I days. used to look like an yeah. American football player in the late yeah, 1980s. <laughs> I did, and I remember one time getting a black cab in London and going, stop the cab! I forgot my shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> and my mate was like, are you serious? And I was like, I am serious. I used to wear them with t-shirts so you, and tuck them under my bra so you'd see this lip. <laughs> but I love them and I had the biggest ones. Can we see and if the they're photos? back, I'm excited. Do you know, the only thing about photos of me in the 80s and 90s, I, I do show them to my friends sometimes and say, you weren't really my friend. <laughs> because look at the state of that life. <laughs> I did, I did, and yeah. But my twenty first I wore a red I travelled to Dublin for the outfit because I wanted to be different to everyone else. I wore a red leather pants, like it was horrendous, and a one shoulder striped top and I had do you remember the does anybody remember the little butterfly clip things? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I had all my hair twisted back in like twists. <laughs> oh, that was I not good. Things in my hair, and then I ripped my pants at the end of the night. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> 
Side note. Now we have to ask how you ripped your pants. Oh God, only no, lads. It's Don't me. Like you'll see later on if you see me out town tonight. Like, oh, listen, there's a trend there. Like, actually, I told someone you won the panel today, and they said one of their favourite moments from Instagram of the whole year was you dancing in the back of the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls with the, the security guard. My life, and that's. Do you know what? Talking about turning forty, you know the way you just don't care anymore. Like yeah. I don't care what anyone yeah. thinks of me. Not in a rude way, but I just don't care. Like. And we went to the Spice Girls. We had desperate seats. You know those seats where you get vertigo almost? Uh, <laughs> we had those seats. like, And we were like, we have a choice now about trying to squint to see the screen and look at their outfits. Or we can go back up there. I went to the toilet and I asked the bouncer, could we dance? And he was like, absolutely, I'll dance with you. Like, happy days. So we went up the back and we danced for the entire show. I saw well, nothing and we had a ball. An yeah. absolute ball. <gasps> no, um, so that was somebody's favourite moment. Of too. I loved it. <laughs> I do overshare though. No, but I. Well, look, we're all over sharers, otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be sitting on this side of the desk. True. Do you know what I mean? True, yeah. true, true. But um, what about fashion in the 40s? Not in the 40s, in um, your 40s. Yeah, I suppose, like, you just have to embrace what, what you are now and give up the hope and that section of my wardrobe, like two thirds of it, that I was holding on to for getting back into those sizes and hoping they'd be back in fashion. No, we just have a smaller wardrobe. Yeah. You know, and smaller ambitions of what I can fit into, I suppose, <laughs> you know. I think yeah, it hasn't changed much. I, st- I still don't like trends. You know your as much. style. Yeah, you're I, very true to yourself, yeah, though. You yeah. always have been. You're very I, like. I like some trends, I'm go but it. I do go a bit left of centre, I suppose. Yeah. And I'm only coming back in tune with that now, I think. Because I like that, you stop caring mm. and you know what makes you feel good. I've done the trends where I try to fit into what I should be wearing, like the. Like the sock boots and the... I'm wearing them today, I know, I know. All the beautiful things that look beautiful on people on Instagram, I try them on and I look like um, Mary Poppins. Like the long dresses, they're fabulous. And I put them on and I'm like, even my family go, no. (laughs) They're very honest. Um, So, yeah, I suppose I'm still sitting out the trends that don't work for me and I think it's better to just do your own thing. And we spend a lot of time in elastic stuff. Yeah. Which seems to work differently for me than it does for you, Fiona. I seem to fill it <laughs> constantly, and you seem to get smaller. But no, but you, you know, when you wear athleisure wear a lot of the time, yeah, you it's kind of weird when you put on normal clothes. Normal clothes, and then sometimes you go for a period of time just wearing. Like I suppose when I had my own um, uh, place, and I was do just all the time, five, six days a week, doing classes and everything. I was always in runners and always in leggings and always in just sports bras and sports tops. And then you go to buy normal clothes and you kind of nearly have a bit of a strop because you go, nothing is made of lycra. Like, what's going on? Yeah, how rude. How rude. And, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's weird. But then, so I kind of, I suppose, doing less sports and pulling back a small bit from having my own place... Um, I started to love clothes again because I did go through a period of really not enjoying it because again I think like that I was just going back to my wardrobe to the same old stuff and I was more investing in um, fashionable training gear yeah so um, athleisure is that the new word yeah so um, yeah I'm starting I'm starting to love fashion a little bit again but I'm trying I'm trying not to just go wild on it and just buy, buy, buy because I can. I'm more into investing in pieces that are a little bit more expensive that will last. Little yeah. Classic pieces, as you say. Yeah. And I love that. But I think it's important. Like, I've only just started enjoying trying on clothes. Yeah. Um, I watched your try-ons and I'm always going mad. I love like, your try-ons, actually. Yeah. I quite like my try-ons, too. I, do yeah. too. I feel you're a bit mean to your thing. Steve wants to know about the buy-ons, so well, you're doing a lot of trying-ons. Like, <laughs> my, my sister said, please take off your socks. 
told me that I do have this resting bitch face at myself in the yeah, mirror. Like, uh, look at the state of that. But, but it's fun. Oh, it was Kira, actually. She's in the audience. Um, which I noticed the following day. But it's knowing, like, so, I, you know, I have a waist. I've got, you know, I have boobs. So I have a waist under my boobs, which I need to emphasise. And then someone emailed me and said, oh, I love you um, in, um, what do you call it, uh, when the waist is just under the boobs? Empire. Empire line. I should know the answer to that. <laughs> Somebody please answer. She was like, perfect. Empire line is for you. And I was like, no, oh, no, it's not Empire And then no. I was thinking, uh, you know, Mr. Darcy. And I was like, I'm not wearing, I don't wear no. dresses like that. But I found, you know, like Wasby belts. I saw a Wasby belt the other day. Do you remember Wasby belts? The elastic. No. No. Oh my God! I'm too young the best. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Wasby uh, belts were the big elastic belts. They were out the same time as Warford tights, and it was that it, like it's nineties. Do you mean the belts? The stretchy ones, like, three yeah, 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 yeah. and they just yeah. buckle. Okay, so if it. you have a waist, you can put oh, it yeah, wherever your waist lands. Yeah, yeah. So they actually, I saw one in Duns the other day and snapped it up. Um, and I have them in my shop, just so you know you could have bought them. Fabulous, okay. <laughs> I don't think you'd do my size. It's <laughs> <laughs> elasticated. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> size fabulous, absolutely. <sighs> but, um, but yeah, it's knowing. So yeah. now, so I've just come to the point where, look, I love black and I live in black and I'm comfortable in it. And I'm not, and loads of people say, you need to wear more colour, and I'm not going to do it under pressure. But I am enjoying mm. trying clothes on. But I genuinely, and I say this all the time, like when you feel comfortable and you feel good, you will yeah. look good. So if yeah, you feel comfortable in black and you're confident, everyone will be like, God, Shan looks amazing. If you yeah. walked in here today and you were all awkward and, and I always yeah. say, if you start fixing it, if I start covering my belly, you'll all look at my belly. Like, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're more comfortable, more confident, you feel good, you will, it'll, mm. like when I try on the clothes in the shop, I sell more because I'm smiling and I'm happy and I'm confident. If I you, had a you bitch walk, face, I probably wouldn't sell as much. <laughs> If you're doing that, uh, no, yeah, no, definitely. But, but it's, it's confidence, like. But it, it is, is enjoying it, and I think that has a lot to do with the people in the shops as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you, you love what you do, and you're passionate. I wish everybody in all shops could, and like the most uncomfortable thing for me is someone handing me something two sizes too small for me and saying, "Just try it on." They're very generous. And I'm like, or it's when someone tries to compliment you by handing you something that's a size too small and says, oh, no, you're definitely a size whatever. And you kind of go, no, I'm no. definitely not. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, um, there's a shopping clan, um, Gooseberry, and it's actually where I got these trousers, but Sinead um, love that now. She'll love it. But um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, you come in and they say, you were in the other day, I actually have something that I think you love. And they pull it out and they go, look, I've two or three sizes here because they're kind of try them all on. You know, and when people are honest, when you walk in somewhere and instead of trying to sell you on trend mm. stuff, mm. they look at your body shape and go, this will be beautiful on you. And a real, someone who has a real interest in clothes and a real interest in fashion will dress the individual and not dress the trend. Yeah, that's exactly. rare though to find, like I it's don't so try anything rare. on. I never it's will so try rare. on things in a shop. Yeah. I have to do it at home. Yeah. So then if I find that I can't go home and try on, I could go home with 10 pieces and 
wait till I'm comfortable, try everything on, and then decide. Whereas if I had to be under pressure in a box, yeah. in a shop, I do get a bit of anxiety actually because sometimes it. people will go, "Oh my God, it's fabulous mm. on you," and you're going, mm, "It's yeah. really that." I What's yeah. your exchange policy? That's all I ever ask. Can I bring it back within 14 days? Um, yeah, and I do sometimes like, and and my wardrobe for years had that those items in that somebody said that. Yes. And, yeah. I ne- and they never went on my back. And then you despise the piece and you're like... <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. We've all been intimidated by somebody. Like, we have. But I don't know, is that a reflection on us? I don't know, is it necessarily the shop person? I, in the sense that I just said to Virginia, she admired my handbag a minute ago, right? And being 100% honest, I was downstairs here last week and I went to buy a handbag. I thought I had a voucher. I had returned a watch and I thought I had the voucher. And the handbag wasn't cheap, and I was like, I'll use the voucher. And when I got to the counter, I didn't have the voucher, and I panicked and I bought the bag anyway. And then I was like, the guilt going home in the car. I was like, I am so poor right now. <laughs> and it was my own. Like, they wouldn't. 100%. The girls were lovely. They wouldn't bat it an eyelid if I said I don't have the voucher. But I was like, I can't say I can't afford the bag. Like on my AIB app, checking my wallet was in my money. Um, <laughs> But sometimes I think it might be us. I think, oh, you know... 100%, yeah, of course it I is. I don't necessarily... I, and I, I would do it. I own a shop and I would go into another store and I would panic and I'd be like, oh, I better get it. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, and because I... Like, everybody always said, like, if I do a try-on, they said, did you buy that? It was amazing. I never buy. I'm not... I never buy. <laughs> I don't ever come to my shop. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll buy it five or six yeah. weeks later. If it's with me and I keep going, oh, I should... But I did it recently. I saw Cos dress. I tried it on in here about six times. It ended up selling out. I managed to find it online. I got it. Never worn it. Don't like it. What am I doing? But then when I see you in colour on those try-ons, I'm like, she's going to do it. She's going to buy colours and flowers and they're really beautiful. And then you don't buy them. I bought two. I think that's quite good. (laughs) I've got some travelling. I bought the red. But most importantly, I bought a new bra. And the bras changed my life because it like it's so important. Where did you buy the bra? I know we In all looked straight away at Chan's boobs, like this, I did even. This is the bra. I'm so glad this I is a podcast. No one can see. <laughs> <laughs> I am now flaunting my breasts at the panel. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm staring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's you know it's. They do say it makes, I just I don't have boobs. Like. Well, I remember when Wonder Bra first came out, and I always say I don't need a Wonder Bra. My boobs are just a wonder. Do you know what I mean? That was my line. That was my pulling line in my twenties. I remember those um, days too. But now, so but this one, but it lifts, so it gives the waist. Okay. Whereas those lovely, comfy T-shirt bras yeah. that I love. I never saw that try on, no, Shan. Did you go into? Did you go in and try? I did do a bra try on. Did you? I did, but I only showed the top okay. oh well I wouldn't show that either now. but I might get them all out next time I might I might after this <laughs> I might show you my favourite knickers <laughs> actually sweet, we should do a, a sports bra try on oh uh, well, sports bras are really hard because they just make your boobs look like a tie yeah. yeah it's terrible uh, but sports bras are very as, as you know uh, B-Bell is starting athleisure and the bra actually will take a very very long time because yeah. Sports bras are very hard to make, mm. and I want to make one that doesn't make my boob one boob. Yeah, tubish. Um, so actually, what I'm, what we're designing is a bra for each boob. Oh. And then we're going to just bring it together. 
Yeah, like, like two best friends. <laughs> best friends. <laughs> Did you see during the week what happened with the Queen Bee Athletics? Oh, oh how amazing was, was that? Absolutely. I was, my mind was blown. I'm not into sports at all, but like... So for those that don't know... Yeah, well, basically a Cork brand, Queen Bee Breed is her name. You probably know her. Um, it was the first time that an Irish female sports... What's the word? Team considered the bra as part of the kit and the more that they talked about it they figured it's probably like right across the world that people sports teams think about men obviously but like when it comes to women they don't see that as part of the kit so it was really groundbreaking I was just I thought and it was the same day around the time that the the wags went up are you actually having a laugh that that didn't hit the news I know it's a local story but like there are the things we should be getting behind, you know, yeah, not... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a fabulous actually, bra, apparently. I, <laughs> I haven't worn it. I bought loads of them, um, and they are so comfortable, but I, because I do triathlon, they're fabulous for water as well. Okay. So I wear them under tricycles, and they're brilliant. I have all the range and all the colours, actually. Mm. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, and, do you know, like, I mean, I speak a lot on the podcast about, because I speak to a lot of business people, and we try to keep off that subject on, you know, on the individual podcast, but... We're very fortunate in Cork, and I, I say it over and over. For someone that isn't from Cork originally, that's been accepted um, so beautifully by Cork, I'm, 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 I'm very Cork. My friend's laughing because she, she knows how Cork I am. Except when you say scone. Say tea and scone. Scone. Oh, we She's have this so argument. <laughs> well, I grew up in Richmond in Surrey, so Go I am very it. posh. Scone. Scone. <laughs> cream tea and scone absolutely I can talk like the queen I love as well. it I love it um, but I can also talk like that see because I'm from Swansea originally <laughs> um, so, so chameleon Sean but, but no Cork is an unbelievable city we have amazing and, and it was such a shame the other day that that wasn't celebrated yeah. as highly as, yeah. and let's hope this week it's in the papers yeah you know um, and actually, I went to support another podcast this morning, The Life Hustle, with um, uh, Virginia, Vivian. Vi- sorry, Vivian, Vivian, Vivian <laughs> and Ema. And um, we were saying, actually, next time we do something like this, we should actually all get together yeah. and just do Q&A. Yeah. Because it's just, it, it's just, when women get together, they do extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. I've got yeah, a bit of cheese stuck in my toe. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but we do, because... There's no beatness. You can't beat us down. Whereas you get a group of blokes together, one woman could take them down. Yeah. Verbally, physically, sometimes. <laughs> Give it a go. Munster, maybe. <laughs> but, um, but no, we're, we're much stronger together. And Oh, sorry. And, um, You're getting numbers, Shan. God, that's the third photographer today. <laughs> oh, bless. Okay. Um, Yes, I can. Thank you. Um, I don't know how to do that. Somebody asked for the volume turned up. I'm not sure if I can, girls. But what I can do, though, is that you four ladies there, why don't you come Could and you join us here? Because yeah. we have three there's, there's chairs here, and we'll just here, bring actually. another chair. And, and everybody clap them and make them move. Come on, you know you want to. And I can do sound effects. Oh, no, don't touch it, Sean. Don't, Sean. Oh, no. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> it, it, it kind of goes wah wah wah, <laughs> but I'll just do them humanly. Come and join us. There's plenty and the, uh, over there's there's, there's loads. There's loads. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, don't put them in. Yeah, yeah. Come over for the table for drinks and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Where were we? We were chatting about how fabulous women bras. were. I think 
Was oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree, though. And you know what? It's funny, right? Because when you were talking about that, there's four of us up here. I know Virginia a long time. Um, I only know Shan a couple of years. I know Fiona. I listened to your podcast on the train, and I was bawling on the train to Dublin. Um, and... I would 100% and you sent me such a lovely message after I know but I was genuinely touched by it like I'm not lying I was crying on the train um, there was a man across me thought it was a complete weirdo <laughs> but I suppose I would genuinely support anything that you do and vice versa yeah, and I know yeah. that I know if I had an event I had an event two years ago for Marymount in Charleville um, I Virginia met me one day and I was like please help me and you helped me massively and then too busy looking her dress sorry she's beautiful (laughs) dress beautiful Um, Shan arrived down the day of the event and just jumped in you were supposed to only be getting your makeup done and you got you helped so much you were doing I was on the door and I suppose where I'm going with that is that I didn't know you then and now I would do anything and vice versa and the same with a couple of people here today like Pam is a friend of mine of old but I would 100% support her business um, Pam Patty Makeup Um, Leslie from Harper's Hats I went to school with Leslie's sister I won't go into everyone but I suppose that sense of women helping women and there's no reason not to do you know what I mean yeah, in yeah. anything and you don't have to be some big high profile person but there's no reason not to help each other you know there's a lot of room yeah. to be filled absolutely um, like last night uh, we went to the launch of the podcast festival I took Alex Sile because she's starting a podcast yeah. tomorrow so I was like come and meet some other podcasters and that's um, it you don't have to compete with people you can all just help each other like yeah. you know there's no reason absolutely but I think we're in a for- and people say to me I think things are getting better Sean I think we are more supportive of each other and then I don't know if it's just Siri and that's the space I live in yeah but no. is that an age thing as well like well, I, I kind so. of feel like maybe 10 years ago if I had been involved in social media 10 years ago and kind of been into all this stuff I'm not sure um, and maybe I'm totally wrong in saying it but late 20s I'm not sure there's that element of support there because there's perhaps a uh, maybe the more of a competitive thing. I don't no, know. I, I think it's just the entrepreneurial thing wasn't a thing back then. Like maybe I yeah. um, work with UCC on a mentoring program for startups, and it's mostly students, but sometimes it's people who have come back as a mature student yeah. or maybe a staff member. But I have to say, my mind, and not just that college, all around the cor- in, or around the city, like there's other places, but the young people coming up understand what entrepreneurship is and they understand that they need to network and talk to people and help people I definitely think that it's just so support is yeah I think it's changing it yeah yeah, it is it is and it's more about the value that you can give each other there's there's a a two-way flow of that value and they get that whereas I don't think people really realize that maybe 10 or 15 years 20 years the people who don't understand it won't make it yeah you know but it's exciting to see some kids coming up now that have unbelievable work ethic not not all of them but I, I, I've lately just seen some that blew my mind that are in Jeez, college and have companies and yeah like, exactly They're, like we waited so long I feel mm-hmm. I waited so long to unravel get lost and find myself again that like there's some parts that I thought there should have been like a, a search party out looking for me I felt so lost like but like I, I just thought it was an age thing but I, I think there's a different a breed of them coming through now that are younger, hungry, and they now have the tools. We didn't probably have the tools either, you know. We didn't talk about. I think it's known where to find you know? the tools as well. Maybe so. You know, like um, you know, I've been in business for a long time myself, and I never asked for help, ever. Um, and this is the first time with Bebel, I said, you know what, I need some help. And, and I, I went and asked loads of people, how can I get help? It's hard to ask, I think, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. When you're, when you're in an industry or you're in a 
suppose a career. I'm doing it's a course at the moment absolutely. with the local enterprise office, and I suppose there's a perception that I'm that the shop is so successful and everything. But like, you can be the busiest person in the world and not be making a profit and be a busy fool and yeah. not be running yeah, an effective true. business. And I have two small babies, and their future is my concern. Like at the end of the day, when I first opened the shop, it was a little loved it, but now I'm like, it's my you know, it's my kid's future. Like so, going to the local enterprise office. Yeah, it's just amazing how they were like, oh, I know your shop. I'm like, that's well and good, but do you know what my shop is making? Do you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I think I would have never been... I'm seven years in business, and before I would have been too proud to say, I need help, I don't know where I'm going, I don't understand accounts, I don't understand tax. Whereas now I'm like, help me, help me, help me, do you know? Yeah. Yes, I think, yeah. And I think there's no, it, it is that, like, I will always... There's certain things I'm very, very good at in business. There's certain things I'm really rubbish at. So I surround myself with the people that have those... Yeah. Those elements. Yeah. I'm not an analytic person. You know, people like Virginia is amazing. She's very analytical. We would do some, and, and you'd have everything. Like, if, if but I can't was do the, the thing is, I can't do that for myself then. So yeah. I think it's easier. Like, Maeve could probably go into a shop and go, boom, 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 this is what you should do. But when you're in it yourself, when you're in the storm and you are the eye of the storm, it's hard to know which way is up. Because yeah. I find I'm way better at looking at other people's situations and fixing things and then when it comes to myself I'm like you know, it's like me being, lally, like, me being a nutrition coach yeah. and training people yeah. and when I'm coming up to competition myself I hire someone to do yeah. it for me because yeah. I just don't have the okay. headspace you know? yeah. we, know, we all need to be accountable to someone yeah. Mm. Yeah. and that's what I, I, I worked as a business coach for years and now I work as a I do accountability only because I would coach people to do something and they wouldn't do it and I'd keep coaching them. Now I say, this is what we're going to do this month and if you don't do it, I can't meet you. Because... <laughs> when can you move into my house? I was just going to say, like, oh my God, that's brilliant. I do give them one strike. I need to write that down somewhere. But it, but it works. And I do it for myself. Yeah. I write down, this is what has to be done in October. And I, I, I try myself, make myself accountable for not doing it. I need somebody else to do that. So if I can be that to someone and they then be that to me... Yeah. Perfect. I feel we should Sign do this up. once a month. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel claims we've only been here twenty minutes. <laughs> How old are you, Fiona? Thirty-eight. Am I allowed to ask that? I am, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just knew you were under forty, but I didn't. Oh, thirty-eight. Okay. Twenty-seven. Oh okay. no, shit. Hold on. Thirty-eight. <laughs> That's all right. iTunes haven't caught us yet. You're fine. <laughs> but um, so like. With with forty, like it's round the corner for you, round the corner for you. Like, are you gonna? Like, my sister's just turned forty. Next, in three weeks' time, she's not having a party. She's not celebrating it. She's just going away with her husband, and I'm just devastated. Like, what are you doing? Please tell me you haven't party and I'm invited. <laughs> I'm just back from a weekend away with the girls. Um, I went to Malaga. I actually didn't use social media that much, thank God. Um, a bit. But I went to Malaga with 12 of my old, old friends. Like, and we had an absolute ball. We went there for four nights. Um, it was just lovely to have no responsibility to wake up in the morning and just look after yourself, which I could barely do. Um, and the whole idea was that we wouldn't have birthday parties, but I was at a birthday party last weekend. I'm at a birthday party tonight. Like, but for me, I don't think I'll have a party. I think, no, no, I don't want a party. I, I'm very emotional but about turning know- 40, and I just think it would be too hard without my mum and sister. Like, I want to spend it with my kids and my husband and... Maybe go for dinner with the girls. And that's it. Yeah. I, I don't like birthday parties because I, I don't like birthday parties for myself. Mm-hmm. So for my 30th... Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but I, like, I love parties and I love events and all that stuff. But for my 30th, um, I just got married again. 
So I just said to my husband, look, instead of having a 30th birthday, will we just get married for the crack? And we did that. So, like, everyone came to our for wedding. The crack. And it was, it was, it was um, my 30th. And, like, Brian would say, oh, and Fiona's 30 today. And they'd go, oh, cool. And we had a big party. And it was, it was us. And it was yeah. just fun. And it was, like, I think probably for my 40th, we're planning, um, myself and the girls are planning on going to New York for a long weekend, five day weekend, but we'll do something at home as well, but it'll be like a house party and, yeah. but it, it won't be a focus on age, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And do what do you think of your 40s? Like, because I will ask the question, obviously like, everybody hits like, the, as they call it in Asia, the new bloom of your life, the menopause. I'm blooming as it is, love. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. because then we all hit it at different ages. And I do, like, I'm finding it, okay. and I find it one of the most awful things that has oh, ever happened really? to me, but yet it's one of the funniest things. Like, it's comical. Well, it is comical. Like, somebody said, have you had a hot flush yet? And I'm like, I, thought about it. I think I've had a hot flush. And I was like, like was it awful no and I said oh I don't think that was a hot flush because when you get a hot flush it's, it's like someone just went like that with a big door at you and water just streamed out of your oh whole God. body and there's no control over it there's no deodorant that's ever going to work and it's like a really weird experience but we don't talk about it I mean last night actually I don't know if any of you have seen that new ad um, about uh, leakage Oh, I did, it? yeah. Did I kind of cringed, to be honest. Well, I, I do find it a bit funny. I don't think I see ads anymore. Oh. Where do you see them? Like, it's, it's, it's on TV television. Now, it's on the wall at home. all the time. No, do you not watch anything on record? I don't watch anything. But they're if, if my kids see an ad, they're like, and I go, okay, okay, it's gone. But there is an ad, and I was talking to two girls about earlier. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, though, like, in fairness. No, oh, really? No, the leakage ad isn't going to be being Paw Patrol. Okay, no, it was definitely was an adult program that was on last night. An adult program? An adult program. Oh, you know, it means Friday. Yeah, but it talks about leakage. And uh, these pads are amazing, and it turns into gel, so your pee doesn't smell. And all, oh, it was just weird. And actually, Lee went, "Oh my God, I'm yeah. eating. This is disgusting." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, actually, babes, that's life." Oh, there's only so yeah, much they need to know. Though. They don't need to know that. Yeah, I didn't share bathroom. So he was like, "I'm having my dinner." But like, there's all this stuff that comes to hit you as you get older. But everybody keeps it a secret. And yeah. it's just like, why is it a secret? Major secret, like, no yeah. one talks about it. But you know, the big thing, the big thing for me, so the reason I am in menopause is because of six months of chemotherapy and um, all that stuff, right? So my, my pituitary gland went wallop and lots of things like my thyroid and my ovaries just went wallop with it. So um, I didn't realize that one of the biggest things that comes with menopause is the anxiety. Like, oh, yeah. I am not an anxious person at all. I am the most laid back, relaxed, like, you know, the volcano is erupting and it'll be like, lads, it'll be grand. We've seven minutes, finish your drinks, you know. Um, so, like, the thing with me was I was sitting in the car one day and I was going, the cars were passing me, like, the road was here and cars were passing me and I was going, like, I kept looking into the cars coming against me in case, in case somebody in the car in front of me or passing me knew me and I didn't salute them and they'd be insulted and I was really worried so then I got home and I, I parked the car and I was saying kids go into the house go into the house and I actually went out into the garden and walked a few laps of the garden to calm down in case I missed any and I went hold on a second what the hell is going on and then I went uh, 
I started to take off my jacket, unzipped whatever top I was wearing. And in about 10 minutes, I was literally in the bra in front of my house, in pants as well, obviously. And we're in the countryside, so no one could see me. It wasn't that weird, right? Um, and then I was going... If you oh, say so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. It's um, kind of weird. It's a bit weird, Fiona. Back to her private pants. It was, kind of, it was kind of a... If I was 19, I'd wear it out on a Saturday night type of bra, so it was cool, right? It was happy okay. day. But um, it was actually one of my cooler moments. It was totally Instagrammable. But anyway, aside from that, um, and I went, okay, so... Uh, yeah, I'm sweating from like absolutely everywhere. My hair was wet at the roots, and um, oh yeah, because I'd, I'd had an, an intermediary uh, reprieve from it for a while, and then I was like, oh, I'd forgotten about this. Yeah, I need to go back to my doctor, and yeah. because this whole anxiety thing was just not me. I don't know if you remember this time last year, so I was prepping for my wedding and I, and I actually had these three panic attacks on when I was driving my car. Well, I didn't know what they were, but I thought I was, I actually, like, I was getting out of the car. Did you think you were dying? I thought I was dying. Yeah. So I ended up in CUH on the treadmill with the mask on and everything, and I'm really competitive, so I'm just like, come on! <laughs> and the bloke was like, turning it up, and, and, and they, they just stopped it, and I was like, oh, I could have kept going, and he was like, you're 98% like there was nothing wrong with your heart and I was like okay that's great really happy so what is wrong with me because now I'm panicking and I was having I was getting in a panic because they couldn't tell me and it was anxiety and it was down to my hormone levels again and I was and that's when I found out that I was right in the midst of perimenopause and the anxiety is mad because you know and I think it's horrible when your body's doing something and your brain knows that it's not normal. So your brain fights it and says, no, I'll be fine. And your body's going, no, I don't like it. And there's nothing you can do. I spoke to a friend of mine who's a, um, a mental health professional and she said, okay, you've got to sit back and look at um, where it's coming from. And I was like, hello. Uh, you know, it's just everywhere, like everywhere. And she said, no, if your anxiety starts with a worried thought, with something that you're worried about, um, that starts to snowball, well then you're, you're dealing with anxiety and that's, whereas if it's just a it's thing that comes thing. on suddenly, then maybe you need to start looking at your hormones again, so yeah. uh, like, that was the kind of tip she gave me and it was, it was helpful, you know. I'm just waiting for HRT patches. <laughs> oh, listen, I've, got, I've got about seven of them in my bag for just in case. <laughs> Have you? You ever see me walking like down the street and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, they're brilliant. They're, they're yeah. Yeah, I've all gone and out. They're cheaper in Spain because loads of girls are stocking up on them on our holiday. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. That is madness. I'm kind of terrified now. Like, I still look around for the adult in the room if something goes wrong, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm the adult. I have to actually do something here. If I was having a... I, I just didn't understand, I don't understand anxiety, Thank, I've never, thankfully never experienced it, but I've never heard that it's part of hormonal It's a big part, it's a massive it's part. It's a secret actually, it's a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's the problem, it is a secret. And so, and, and I think for me, like, you know, I will say I've been normal on my, like, normal on normal, my life. really. So. <laughs> really, Shan, really. But yeah, so when it comes, you're like, oh my God, is there something neurologically wrong with me or more wrong with me um, but, but yeah that's part of going through the process but no one tells you I have to admit I'm a bit like Virginia I, I like it hasn't dawned oh, on me that's coming wait. like do you know I, that someone asks my age I have to stop and genuinely think 
How old am I now? You know? Well, actually, my friend, I would tell you, we went to Ed Sheeran a couple of years ago, and my friend Joanna's uh, six years older than me, and we were in Martha Mains, and she had one of those electric fans out. Just, she was very She's dramatic. She's a fancy clearly. She was like, you know, I'm boiling and I'm sweating. Electric fans and really moody and everything. And I was just like, it's not the menopause. She's just got old and got really miserable. And, and now I'm like, I am Joanna. I say to Lee, will we go out for a glass of wine tonight? And he's like, who am I going to drink the wine with? Because <laughs> I'm either the most loving wife in the whole wide world or I'm just a wanker. <laughs> I often to come home at night time and Stephen's like where's the maid that was in the shop today I'm like she's exhausted she can't be nice anymore like. so that's it right it's okay for us to be different people when we're not menopausal and it's okay for us to have good days and good yeah. hours and bad days and bad hours but somehow just because we're going through the menopause we turn into like we, we consider it to be oh it's you know I've, I've blamed this on the menopause and and to a certain extent, I get it, and I do get the mood swings and all that kind of stuff, which are mediated now by hormonal patches. But, like, why can't we just accept it as, okay, these few hours I'm not feeling great, and it's, it's bad for me right now, and actually, how can I manage this? I think you have to verbalise it. Definitely. Which does get yeah. me into trouble a lot, but I've always been like that. I have honesty Tourette's, it just pops out me gob. But I do think you have to verbalise it yeah. because you have to say, no, I'm just having a shit hour. You can verbalise it if you recognise it though, but what if you don't? Yeah, you have to, and that's yeah. the category I would fall it's into. Practice. I would look for the answers everywhere else and, you know, as they say, when you point one finger out, the other fingers are pointing back this way. Absolutely. I'd be looking for everything outside to, to find the answer when I'm probably the reason or the answer, you know, the... Probably having a meltdown. But they call it, I love it. In Asia, they call it the second blossoming of the woman because, okay. you know, your period stops, you don't have to worry about having sex. And I'm like, who wants sex? <laughs> I'm like, what is sex? I'm too anyway. busy drinking wine to have sex. <laughs> who wants sex? Like, sod off. I'm too tired. So I'm like, how can it be a second blossoming? Because there's no sex happening. Like, I feel this conversation can turn sharp right right now. And I'm just. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back here. Someone press stop recording. There we go. I want to tell you something and I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> yes, I knew I was going there. Go ahead. And I'm like, recording. you know, I had Ned through IVF and then three months later, you know, mum was sick and everything else and I was vomiting when I hang over and Stephen was like, is there any chance you could be pregnant? And I was like, I'm sure you haven't had sex. Like, like Ned was 12 weeks old. Like, who has sex in the first 12 weeks after having a baby? Please don't put this out. Um, I don't I did, by the way. It's lies. Who has sex 12 weeks after having a baby? And he was like, let's just get a test just in case. So I bought a test. I forgot to do the test. And then that night I was sick again. And Stephen was like, did you do the test? I was like, no, I forgot. And then I did the test and I came down. I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, I'm pregnant. Like... They're leaving me. <laughs> Stephen was like, but we didn't have sex. I'm like, you told me by the test. Like. <laughs> and then he was like, do you remember about four weeks ago we went into the spare room? I was like, <laughs> anyway, we just move on from that story. But you know, those, uh, I will say, talk oh, of that actually, you know, with IVF. So actually when I was interviewing Shannon, we had a laugh and a giggle because Shannon was going to get her, her eggs cultivated before she started her chemo. Yeah. And we were talking about when your husbands have to go into the room. I know, don't do you want to know what they looked at? You're like, does she look like me? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of you. <laughs> 
a lot of our friends were going through it at the time, actually. I remember all of the girls having a glass of wine one night, and we were all talking about how long they were in the room for. Yeah. And it was fascinating. See, almost about three minutes had been so long, like. Oh, bless him. If there's any questions, um, then fire away. So I'd like you to be quiet there, Eleanor. <laughs> I'm not picking on you, but do you have any questions that you'd like to ask the panel? I have a question. If you could go back to your 20 year old self and tell her what you Okay, so go back to your 20 year old self and tell her one thing. Okay, I'm going to let you go first. Like, oh, I sound so morbid again. But for me, it would have been to be like a better sister. Like myself and Karen only made friends properly after I went traveling. So I was about 26, 27. She had gotten sick at 29. So, oh God, I was six years younger. So like the first year she was sick, I was like, oh, my sister's cancer. Like I didn't understand. I was too young. I was too caught up in myself. Like I wish, now don't get me wrong. I have no regrets in the sense that later in life, I really minded her and we were best friends. But I wish back then I'd kind of appreciated what I had because I think you'll never have um, a friend as loyal as your sister. I have an amazing group of friends, so it's not like poor me. There's no one will ever have your back like that. Do you know what I mean? Like your own, your own blood will always. And I wish back then I had appreciated that, you know? Virginia? I suppose really it's about self-worth just to value who I was then. And it's funny that now at this age, I'm telling people sometimes that I work with who are trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. The stuff we did as children, actually, is the stuff that really took us into the creative zone. Like, I used to dress up at my friend's house with her mom's clothes, and we used to pretend we had a modelling agency, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be the model. I wanted to be in the office organising things. Yeah. And I should have known then. Like, I was, you know, I was into that kind of stuff then. Poor Kim will kill me you now. Like, Lena had, like, the shoulder pads, and I had big feet, so I fit all the mom's shoes, you know, it was great. <laughs> But I suppose, yeah, at the, at the time, tune into the things that I liked. Um, I liked things that none of my friends liked. Like, I was into theatre and operettas when my other friends were, like, going to discos, you know. So I went along to all the stuff that I felt obliged to. But I suppose, really, I should have tuned into myself more. It took me a long time to turn up that dial, that, like, you know, and listen to... You know, you're, trying to, you're actually trying to please everybody. And I never considered what my own happiness was. And I'm still only kind of re-evaluating what my own happiness is. I didn't take the time to do the self-work and to build the self-worth. You know, and a lot of us get, especially when you become a mother, the self-worth tends to be connected to the self-worth, or the net worth financially. And you lose yourself into motherhood you lose yourself in your career and there's a number that isn't coming into your paycheck during that time, let's just say, and you start to get lost in it all. So it's like self-worth doesn't equal net worth, but self-worth should be a lifelong process of enjoying yourself and figuring yourself out. And I'm so annoyed that like I didn't spend more time. No, I listen, I've, I'm like a cat with nine lives. I've had more lives in different places. I've not been at a loss for Virginia like, was a taxi driver. <laughs> I was everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we used to follow the sun. We used to live in New York and follow the sun. The minute that it got windy in New York, we would go south to Florida and be bums on the beach. Like, we would work enough jobs to be off for the winter. So, you know, so we've lived. We've lived. But, like, 
I'm still kind of going, I'm 40 and I couldn't tell you what makes me happy. I'm really starting to tune into myself. That was a very long answer to say tune into yourself. <laughs> Listen to yourself. Next. Um, yeah, I think um, just like you were saying there really, um, I kind of rushed when I, when I was... It was 2006 I had my first child and 2010 I had my last one. So there were three under three um, and, well, three from three down. And uh, I kind of felt that I had lost myself a little bit when I stood back from my career having to having children. So I used to work in the health service. I would have been the person standing next to you when you were on the treadmill um, being competitive with yourself. So um, I, I kind of felt that my self-worth was tied into what I was doing mm. um, and, and what I could contribute outside of the home instead of enjoying the time with the kids. So of course when my kids were small I decided to get an au pair so I could study, so I could do a master's while I was still breastfeeding mm. and it was just go, go, go all the time. And I, if I had, now it's fantastic because I am where I am now and I don't regret anything. I, I am where I am now because of all the things I did then. but. Um, I wish I had somebody who I would actually listen to, because you know when you're in your 20s you don't listen to anyone telling you to do anything, um, to say, look, it's, it's actually okay to just be a mum and enjoy being at home with your kids. Mm. Um, so it's the order that we do them in, it is, I no, think, more that so. Being, yeah, I know, that being said, like, I felt I needed something, but it didn't have to be a master's either. Mm. Like, I was like up until 2 o'clock in the mornings, mm. you know, finishing out thesis and stuff yeah. like that it was just it was so yeah I did go, the same go, go. thing I, I like I found yeah. out I signed up for the masters because there was a void and I thought the void was well you know I'm already doing the work I, I fill the void yeah, and I, yeah. I listened to what everyone else's version of the void was I was like yeah. well I should get a masters yeah. so I signed up for the masters I was working full-time I signed up for a full-time daytime masters like it didn't even make sense on like it just didn't yeah. make sense yeah. so I went to my employer and I was like if I split the masters over two years, if I get exempt from some of the subjects because I have some experience, and I'll do the others, I'll like work through my lunch breaks. It was ridiculous, and I look back going, "How did nobody stop me yeah, yeah, from yeah. doing but all that?" But if they had tried, no? would they have been able to? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, not. But I do regret the order that things happened in. That I put pressure on myself to fit into what I other people's timelines and other people's order of things instead of going. Just do it when you're ready to do it. You know, it's done now, yeah. so it's too late. Like, but anyway. I, I wouldn't change much, to be honest. And I sound like a cocky person now, but, but I, I was a grafter. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I think of our background at that age, mm-hmm. we were peddling. And I just wanted to be... I was a manager at 16, and I've, been, I've managed people the rest of my life. And when I was 16, I used to tell people that I was 25, and I wore huge shoulder pads <laughs> and massive earrings. I we like, need photographs. I look like Pat Butcher. I was going to say, I can see I darker hair. Like, I looked yeah. younger at 40 than I looked at 18 because I dressed like a 50-year-old because I was so conscious of people thinking I was this young girl. My, which you were. My, which I was, yeah. but I just never felt like one. I moved out at 16, so I, that was it. And, um, but my only regret was I wish I told myself to stop and you didn't have to be promoted all the time and do this and graft. I, sh- I wish I'd just saved my money and gone travelling. But I'm doing it now, so that's fine. Yeah, but that was, that's the only thing that I would have done in my 20s. My mates were all going off doing Australia and I, and I was managing everything. So that's the only thing I ever missed. But it's a good excuse to do it now, so... 
I think I'm 20. <laughs> it's brilliant. Is there any other question from the floor? Okay, I'm going to go to some Instagram questions. Um, I asked uh, my friend Di to call this out for me. She goes, I think it's Deidre De- De- Bo- De- Boss, De- Bo-. And I was like, no, it's Cork, so it's De Boss. <laughs> <laughs> so Deidre and De Boss. <laughs> um, she says, what self-care thing do you do for yourself? I'm going to start. It's easy for me. I don't have any problems with self-care. I take time off now. I didn't do it for years. This was my year. I said, I'm going away for a weekend every month. It's been possible. I have done it. I will never stop doing it. I've done it really cheaply. And, and when I'm not doing that, then I'm going for a facial. And it's as simple as that. Make time. I don't think there's any reason not to do it. And you are a healthier person for doing it. I'm going to sound really vain. Like, self-care for me is when I go to get my nails done or my hair done because it's time on my own. Like, and I do try and put the phone away during those times because like, the phone is my... Even have to sit for an hour without my phone in my hand is like a miracle. Like. Did you take your phone to bed? I stopped. I did stop. Do you? Do you? Yeah, no, listen, it's, I think that's the best thing ever. I sleep differently. Sometimes I need to shine on Ned, though, just to see what he's doing during the night. So <laughs> <laughs> Ned or Stephen, no. <laughs> so we all know, let's just move on. <laughs> just for three minutes. <laughs> In the spare room. <laughs> three minutes. No, phone out of the room, and the best thing I ever did two years ago was take my work email off my phone. Mm. Oh, Virginia oh, said that, and I listened to your oh advice. Did you listen to Virginia gave advice a couple of weeks ago about switching off after work? And part of it was turning your email off your phone, and I nodded and I nodded, and no way would I do it like But do you know what? I did it two years ago. I check in three times a day. I check in first thing in the morning, I check in after lunch, and I check in at six o'clock, and then I'm off. Because my life was full of beep, beep, beep. I mean, now turn your WhatsApp off, do you know what I mean? But. That, that, that pressure. Yeah. And no one, no one died. Nothing happened. I do have my notifications turned off, but if I'm being honest, I refresh it more than anything else in the world. On everything, I have no notifications on anything. If you text or phone me, it's the only way you get me immediately. Yeah. But I'm on WhatsApp then checking and panicking. And yeah, I, it, changed, it changed everything for me. The email off the phone. But the no phone in the bedroom is a, is a game changer. What are your work emails on? What do you mean? Like, if you take your work email off your phone. Laptop. Like, Fiona's sweating. I know, yeah, I'm like, but like, what if you're up for coffee and, and, you, and someone says, oh, I sent you an email? Like, then you I go, I'll that. get it when I get to the office. Oh, God, no, <gasps> I couldn't. No, sorry. No. Yeah, but like, you're not giving but yourself you know 100% something? You, you, you oh actually God. put on uh, your Insta stories there about the, t- the news yeah, the other night. And I was watching mind that. Mind-blowing for me. I was watching that. And it is this thing. So I have a, like, so we have staff meetings at work and... I ask them not to WhatsApp on the group WhatsApp after 8.30pm at night. And I ask that. Now, if I text someone and don't get an immediate answer, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. But then I'll get friends with me. Oh, I text... After the two ticks. If the two ticks went, I'm like, hello. And I'm more like... I I start to put in my subject. You read it like it's delivered and you've read it like reply. If I don't see typing, I'm Wait like, till Ned is like four. Wait till right? Wait till Ned is about five. I'm a lovely boss. And he's on your phone and he's playing games and you get important messages and notifications. Buy him a phone. You never see them and a week later you get a phone call to say really? like you you saw the message, you read it or whatever, like say, yeah. you know. That wasn't me, no, I no, didn't it wasn't say you. Yours that. is a voice note, no. clearly. It's not gonna be anything. I voice note, yeah. <laughs> 
them all, but everybody has voice note, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, life-changing. Oh, well, actually, yeah, you introduced me to like, voice note. I'm like, why note? would you bother typing a text message with a baby hanging off you and league on your shoulder when you can just voice note and then it's done? No? No? Try it, try it. It'll change all of your lives. Oh, voice notes are just the most amazing thing. I'm so glad I brought my friend tonight, so I'm making her work, bless her. But, um... But voice notes are so quick, so simple, so easy. But self-care-wise, I think those two things, even before going to get your nails done, having the facial, having some time off, etc. But giving yourself permission to do all those things is the most important thing. Uh, for me, I think the self-care, I probably should go out and do more self-care outside of the house. But for me, the most valuable thing I can give myself now is my own time and a clear... That front part of your head is absolutely like a crispy piece of bacon. It really is. If you think about all of the things, like all of the things... I'm like, where are you going with the bacon? Like your brain, this part of your brain is the most overworked part of your body. And it's where stress happens and where everything goes down right here. I'm not, like, I'm not an expert in anything to do with the head, clearly. But things that I've been reading... It's basically, if you think about it, every single decision we have to make has to go through this area of our head. And if we clear that out, the clarity, it's clarity. Self-care for me is clarity. It's a pen and paper. It's writing down things that I haven't given myself the time to think about. It's not, no, and I don't mean that in an offensive way. Getting my nails done doesn't do it for me. Getting my hair done doesn't do it. But half an hour tuning out with a piece of paper in front of me is the best thing I, like if you asked me five or ten years ago I would have cut the crunched the, the paper up and threw it at you but if you just give yourself a half an hour and write down I asked my mom the other night right I said to her she's 83 but very sharp like and I asked her what do you think do you think you were doing your life's purpose and if we all I know it's a bit like fluffy but how many of us, 85% apparently of Irish people, aren't in the jobs they're supposed to be in, by the way? But have we actually asked ourselves, are we living our lives on purpose? Are we doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing? Some of us are doing it and are loving it, but the others are fitting a mould and fitting into a paycheck. But is it really, like, I know I really I'm one of the few people in the 15% that I'm very lucky to you be are. in that, but, yeah. like, it's rare. It is rare it for is me rare. to love their job. Like, it is rare but to love their job. But it's possible, I don't like, really get possible. that. I don't get that because I've been on, no, I don't, because I've worked for big corporates, I've worked for myself, mm. and everything I ever did, I loved. And the minute I didn't love it, I, I, was, a, I was a landlady at 18. I left at 24 because I stopped loving it, and I got out. Then I started doing um, outside modelling, I decided to lose weight. It wasn't for me. I got out. I should have stayed in it. <laughs> you might go back I, in it. Well, I, I might be back in it. But um, ju- I just... That's that rare, though. thing it's that was rare. instilled in me by my parents. If it, if it doesn't bring you satisfaction, just I leave know. it. Mm. But, but, but also, though, I would wash a dish. So oh. if my business went down the pan tomorrow, yeah, I would just Do wash anything. a dish. Yeah. And to be honest, like, people laugh at me, but I swear to God... Still, I'm 48, and when I grow up, I want to work for Marks and Spencers. <laughs> Why? What? I just love them, and I've loved them. They're meant to be a very life. good employer. To and I just want to. And sometimes when oh, you, you work did. for yourself, it's hard. And you look at and and she's like, and the ladies put the uh, bip bip, and she's chatting away, and she's just having I'd lose my marbles if I did that. I want her job. I want to just not have a worry in the world. 
and I want to do that. And I want discount on their food, and I want discount on their clothes because I love their clothes <laughs> and their bras and their And imagine the queue to your till then, like we'd all be waiting but for I, four hours yeah. to get to When I lived in Dublin, if my friends couldn't find me on a Saturday, they'd just go to Marks and Spencer's in Dundrum. Because I would just be in there, just floating around, and I do it here. It took me twenty minutes to get out. Did you get buried? No, but I never spent any money. Oh, you're that customer. We're all like, your one is in there. She won't buy anything. Oh, my shoes, my shoes are always Marx's. My, I mean, this is all Marx's. Well, actually, this isn't. But this, everything I wear is Marx's. But I like the dresses. I do try on in Marx's a lot, and I don't. You know, as you know, I don't buy the dresses. But but no, I always when I grow up, I want to work in Marx's Spencer's, and I still would like to work there. I might do it on my 50 before 50, just work there for a week for fun. What do you, if you think they're going to take yeah. you on for a week? <laughs> no, no, I do it for free. I just go work. I have to do, do a contract and employment lot and everything else. I'll show myself. But I do. I, I love Marks and Spencer's. And actually, a couple of the girls I was chatting to last week were like, there's only two companies you talk about like that, Sean. Marks and Spencer's and Yonker, because my skin is so important to me and I just love Yonker skincare. And they're my two obsessions in my life. That's okay. And that's what I'd spend my money on. Absolutely. And wine. Yeah, organic wine. <laughs> wine and cheese. This Pinot's nice. Yeah. This Pinot's yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm quite impressed. Thank you, BTs. But um, I have another question for us, girls. Um, we've just got two questions and we're going to finish up. So Trish Carlos, that was on the podcast, has asked, what's your... Uh, actually, this is going to be a long one for me. What's your greatest fear and how does it affect your life, work and how you live? I don't want to look at me straight away. Like, I start every okay. day. Virginia, do you have a fear? fear? Well, some people's fear is fear itself. Honest to God, I fear that... This, I know everyone fears death. But I fear that I won't get to the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. And that's back to the point of being on purpose. I think loads of us float around to job to job and do whatever. And we're not really filling the tank. And I dread to think... You know, that thing that they make you do, like there's some... Thing that I read about there that if you were to die in the morning and had something had to be on your, if they had to say things about you, they had to say something. Yeah. What would they say about you? Or what would your kids say about you if they wrote a book when you were gone? Like, it's terrifying to think about. So like, we have to get on and do the work we're supposed to do. My fear is that people. I suppose I've watched it. My mom didn't get the opportunity to do the things she wanted to do, and I feel the not the pressure, but I feel motivated now. Finally, it took me 40 years to finally do the work I'm supposed to be doing. So I suppose that's my fear, that people will go through life and not do what they really wanted, that really made them happy, like. Fiona? Um, I suppose for me, it's, um, it's, it's losing my health and losing the degree of health I have now. So um, it makes me, I suppose having, got, having gone from being really healthy and really fit and doing everything I wanted to do, to being on the couch for six hours a day and um, you know, telling the kids I had to go to sleep for a few hours, stick on like four hour reruns, sorry, four hour reruns of Peppa Pig. Um, so now it makes me uh, bite off fairly big projects and maybe uh, slightly bigger than I need to, but um, I'm getting a bit more sensible with it. Like I still take on big stuff, but now I know how to track back from there and plan accordingly. So. There's some big things planned for next year now, so um, but I, I just have to plan to reach them. And yeah. I think that's good because it makes you take kind of more chances as you're well. You're very aware of your body, though. I love watching you because yeah. you, you you know when to say stop. And yeah, go, yeah, and yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Because as women as well, like you know, we both are Pilates instructors, and I hear mm. every day, 
oh no, I'm not in pain, it's just a niggle, I've had it forever. No, that's pain and that's unacceptable yeah. and yeah. it needs to be sorted. Oh, no, I, I'll just run through, I'm a bit tired. No, that's not acceptable, yeah. give yourself a break. Yeah. We're the worst to ourselves. I've spent the last week watching six series of Downton Abbey on the couch because I had a sore throat and it was the best thing I did and I'll go back training on Monday and it was a bit of a head melt but um, like now I know what's happened I'm up to date I can watch the movie <laughs> a fear um, I don't really know I suppose my biggest fear is losing people like because I've lost two of the most important people in my life my mum and my sister and I am like oh god like my dad is 75 and he is my world and someday something happens to him I don't I always say to Stephen I won't cope I won't like I will cope because I've coped with everything else but I have a fear of not coping so as a result of that I spend my entire time going have I spent enough time with my dad today like I text Virginia this morning and I was like will I have time to meet my dad for a pint in between like the podcast and if we go for dinner with us like he's oh he'd love it um, <laughs> he only drinks in Wetherspoons though and the Rob Roy because it's 285 a pint well do you know um, my sister's been a Wetherspoons manager for 30 years oh my so god that's you him or her and my dad are probably well oh, not in Cork though no, no, oh, yes. no, no, no. they'd be besties if she was um, I, yeah I have a fear of not spending enough time with people that are important in my life like do you know that kind of way so yeah I have that and it affects me in the sense that I spend my whole life going like to Stephen I was like I should bring dad back down with me. Like I'd stay in my dad's house tonight because I live an hour away and I was like, I should bring dad back down with me tomorrow, you know, and spend a bit of time. And I rang my dad and he's like, you're going to be dying. It's grand. Like, and he's totally fine about it, but I have that fear of something happening yeah. to people. So I just, I always want to spend time with everyone, but I also want to be in the shop and I'm just, yeah. But you know, I always tell the story of the fear of loss. So I lost my best mate just before her 40th. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Sorry, no, I don't mean to. It's just, I sometimes feel when I talk about my sister and my mum, people feel sorry for me, but nobody feels sorry for people when they lost their best friend. And every time I go to Karen's grave, there's little new things on the grave, and they're from her best friend, and I know they are because her best friend, um, she's really, she's just a lovely person, and she's into quotes and stuff a bit like I am. I'm not saying I'm a lovely person, but I'm into quotes and all that. And there'd always be a little thing on the grave, and I know that she's been out there, and I'm like... Yeah. It must be the hardest thing to lose your best friend because not everyone remembers or feels sorry for you. Everybody says to me, oh Jesus, you've lost your sister. And I have, yeah. but also she, and I remember, oh God, is this gonna be recorded? Two of her best friends, she had two best friends from different stages in her life who met each other one day and it was like, she was my best friend. No, she was my best friend. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it was funny because actually I was in a, big, a group of, there was like four or five of us, very, very close. And two of us, we're best friends with yeah. Carmel. Oh. Sorry. I, I'll just talk for a second. I have a habit of saying, my bestie, my bestie, my bestie. And it's because they are my best friends and they're yeah. so bloody important in my life. What was hard, I suppose, was... Everybody wanted to be more upset. Yeah, and that's oh, it. It's like nearly becomes the competition. Mm -hmm. And where I'm going... I'll give you a moment. To, I'll just keep talking. Yeah. Where no, I'm no, going no, with actually, that... I'm actually fine now. So, actually, it was weird because... Although I never was very close with the other best mm -hmm. friend, she was the only person I wanted to be Understood. With, and I was desperate for her to want me. I get it. No? no Did I have she no not want you? I'd really want you, like. Losing really. Yeah, but not everybody's as smart as she. Okay. <laughs> That's a very valid no. point. No, but I did find that, though, as well, in, in a group mm -hmm. friendship. There was kind of... I felt like there was competition. And I deal with things very differently to other people. And mm -hmm. I... I'm very automatic, and I was like, I just need. To, I just remember the day she died. I was actually buying um, a laptop for Lee for, for Christmas, and I got the phone call, 
and I was just desperate to drive back from Belfast. But all I had in my head was to buy biscuits, because people would go to our house, and the family, they need biscuits. And I was just obsessed with bloody biscuits. And, and then I was like, oh, but another friend of ours, it was her hen, like two weeks, three weeks later, and I was like, I have to get her this, this mad cup. And all of the friends congregated around the house, and we were all there for each other. But I just wanted to show Kira this amazing cup I bought. Do you know what I mean? But it, it, it was just the way that I was dealing with it. But yeah, I just felt, you know, for, for time, there was, I'm still upset about it, and you're not showing it, or you're not showing it. She'll be forever, you know. And, and I always say to people when they're worried about stuff and the, that feeling of loss, when I lost my dad, I was not close with my family. But I am so close to my sisters now. So something so beautiful come out, came out of him passing that I thank him every day for. Because me and him just didn't get on. Because we were identical. But when he was dying, everybody cleared the room and he'd only have me there. Because, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's so weird. I never really understood loss until I lost the closest. But it's actually beautiful. Oh, listen, I'm a better person. Like, I'm an absolute bitch sometimes. Like, but now I'm, like, I'm just grateful for everything I have and everyone I have. And I think that, that only comes with loss. And it's not like, oh, you don't understand. But... Anyone that's gone through loss will understand that for the first few weeks, everyone is all about you and everyone feels sorry for you. And then the person has passed away and everyone goes back to work. And then six months later, and I know, look, I know people here who've gone through losses. And six months later, everyone is working and you just want to scream from the rooftops, Jesus, my mother isn't here, lads. Like, do you know how lucky you are to have them or whatever it might be? But I agree with you. It gives you a sense of appreciation for what you have. You know what I mean? It really does. And that's what I mean about the best friend thing. I think people forget, like... Karen's best friends were her best friends all their her life. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And everyone felt sorry for me and minded me, but actually I was like, I just pulled the scrunches out of her hair and rob her clothes for the good 20 years, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I used to meet my sister fight over clothes yeah. and everything else. But well, that's all the fun of growing oh, up absolutely. with siblings, isn't it? But, um, but I, like, I'm not, I'm because of that, I have to say, <laughs> I, this is the fun, you know, the, the question of fear. I'm scared of literally everything. I'm scared of heights, I'm scared of the wind, I'm scared of the sea, I'm scared of pigeons, thanks die, I'm scared of seagulls, I'm scared of um, waxworks, I'm scared of shower curtains. You're a great craft. Yeah, the shower curtain is like... It says, how does it affect your life? Heavily. <laughs> but I'm not scared of dying. And I'm really not, because I think it's beautiful. I, I saw my, my dad pass, and I, it was the most glorious and most beautiful thing I saw, and he waited for the most important people around They him. do. Oh, I'm even morbid. They do wait, though. Like, they do, most definitely. Oh, God. But, but so, so I do laugh, and, and like we talk about you know, thinking about things realistically. Like, I am literally... I'm, I'm such a scared cat. I, I step on something and scream. Does anybody want to go to Shan's house with a waxwork and put it in her shower? <laughs> with a shower curtain? I'm bringing a pigeon just for the laugh. Like. I'll tell you a really quick funny story. So I, I worked for Groupon when I first moved to Cork and I had to go to the city jail. And as I walk in... Sorry, I'm scared of dark places and enclosed places and anything under We've turned the lights off. So, um... I walked up to the city jail and I was like, there's this like arch that you have to go through if you've been there. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going through there. 
do? Where are you in the jail for group on this Because <laughs> they were putting on half price tickets or something. So I was like, I think yeah. she means the Gwail. Oh, you mean oh, the Gwail? Yes, the touristy. She doesn't mean the real jail. No, not the real jail. I've never been to jail. But, um, but I saw it anyway, and I was like, I don't think I can go through there. I know what I'll do, because I'm good. I know my space, whatever. I'll close my eyes. <laughs> I reckon it's about 25 steps, and I'll just run through it. So I closed my eyes and ran, opened my eyes, and I was nearly to the edge. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm on the grass, whatever. And then as I'm walking up to the front door, I see waxworks. And I'm just like... <laughs> I actually can't go in. So, as you, the doorway's here and there's a reception just on your right. So I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs going, hello, hello. <laughs> and this girl's like, and I was like, hello, hello. And she's like, hi. And I said, oh, I'm here to see Ian, I think. And she's like, okay, come in. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I said, I'm so sorry, but I've got this mad phobia of waxworks. I just can't go in. And she was like, oh, well, hang on a second. So the guy comes out and he led me, bless him, like my eyes closed, led me through to the office and led me all the way back out. I mean, I was mortified. I'm mortified for you. <laughs> but the anxiety was like, I, I just won't. Oh yeah, no, horrendous. Jameson Brewery, no, can't do any of them. So all my fears do affect my life. I'm, I'm dying to try CBT therapy or whatever to see if that gets me over it. But, um, but you know what? But then the crazy things you take on that everyone else would absolutely need to be in nappies to do. Like, yeah, yeah. You no, just no, go in and do them. And it's like, or anything okay. else. Like, I just go and do it. And I will always try. That's the difference. So, like, when we were going to Canada a few years ago, I said, look, I'll go on the, the Belfast Eye to see how I am about going on a, a thing. <laughs> Not a flight. I'm good on planes. Planes don't bother me. What do you call them when you go up skiing? Ski lift. Oh, no. So we went on the Belfast Eye. I got two things. Sorry, I... no, but how proud was Leslie that she knew the word ski lift? <laughs> She's like, oh, so but, um, got a... give her a high five there, Shannon. And I have to get off. Like it's never gone man. And then we went, but you have to go on a ski lift in Canada. You've no choice. So I said, I have to go. And I remember getting on one day with some Canadians, and they were like rocking it, and I was just sitting there like this. Dang. And he was like. Are you alright, ma'am? And then he could see the tears running down my cheek. And he was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's okay, I have to get to the top. I'm just, I'm just still laughing in my memory at the videos you had on your stories in being in that building in Cork with the foot, with the long windows. Oh, God, and you'd walk you into a room and go, oh, no. And then <laughs> I'd go into another hall and go, oh, Jesus. I had to go and do a speech yeah. at the Vertigo room at the County Hall. And it took me 45 minutes to get up the bloody stairs. Oh, what about King in Spain? Or <laughs> <Every> Portugal? <laughs> no, it's not. In Spain. Oh, that was hilarious. It's not. <laughs> But it is horrendous to have that kind of fear. Like, vertigo is horrendous. Um, but um, what I didn't show was I crawled into that. Did you? Well, because I had to get there. So I, the only way to do it was on my tummy. Oh my because it was the only way I could, I could... At one point, I got up, and I just stayed at this wall, and I couldn't turn around to get to the door. But I'll always give it a go. <laughs> Cheers to <laughs> Okay, last question. Um, 
This is from My Small Wonder, if anybody follows her fabulous um, Instagram account. It says, as strong ladies, well, I think she might disagree after what we've just been talking about. I'm scared of everything. As strong ladies that you are, who inspires you uh, to keep going and growing? I'm going to start with Fiona. Oh, definitely my mum. Like, um, all the time growing up, uh, my mum was always, well, if you work for it, you can do anything you want. And she was a nurse in accident, an emergency. She used to work nights. During the day, she'd go painting with my uncle, like, not like, like rolling walls, painting ceilings, furnishing floors. And then she'd have another job somewhere else. And um, then we went on our first family holiday because we were always, like, going down to Court McSherry and into the mobile home. And um, she wanted to bring everyone away uh, to, where did we go the first time? New York, I think. and she just was always, or she is always, God, uh, very much, you can do anything you want, anything you put your mind to. So I'd tell her I was going to do something mad, and she'd go, oh, Jesus Christ, really? And, um, okay, well, what are you going to do to get there? So she's quite pragmatic and just very inspirational because her attitude is do whatever you want, always. So, yeah, good way to be. It's kind of a weird answer because I know they're too small to inspire me, but my kids inspire me. Like they're just so like they just they don't adore me. They hate me some days, but in general, the way they look at you and the way you are their soul, you do everything for them. Do you know what I mean? Anything they need, you're the person that can provide that. Like even though Ned calls me dad, but (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, it's my kids. Like and everything I do is for them, and I never thought that I would be that person. I suppose because I didn't have kids till I was thirty-eight, but. Yeah, they're my entire purpose and my yeah, they just they just like if I have a day where I don't want to do something or whatever, they're the reason I do and they inspire me to do it and I want them to have a great life and I want them to have a fun mum and yeah, them. Same, I think the mother's heart is the child's classroom. So I want to just basically do That's what I want to say, but I couldn't articulate. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really am inspired by them, like and it's terrible to it's not that I'm not looking back. There was fabulous things went before me, but we forget, like they're here to replace us no matter what way we look at it they've they've come and made me a better person now some days like I was saying to Maeve earlier you think you're going to be like you know Mother Earth and most days I'm more like Cruella de Vil <laughs> but the bigger picture is what motivates me underneath like why am I pushing so hard for certain things is to bring out the best in them but also the gender thing I have a huge problem with the boxes that were put in, and I'm not burning bras the way too expensive, and I don't want to be an activist or anything like that. I am more of an equalist, and I want my daughter in particular, I have no worries about the boy, which says it all. I have no worries about, about him. But as a woman, like she has, we, it's, it, you know, it's, it's nearly 2020, but we're, we have generations of work to do, and I just don't feel it should be on their shoulders, so I want to be the change for them now, in the small ways, and open their minds to think that it can be more equal in the future and share the load, you know? So, same thing, my kids inspire me. A short, I always give the long answers instead of the short answers. <laughs> but it's the good answer there. that's important, so you go for it. But um, I think, um, when my, when, actually, when my dad died, my mum went away. She just disappeared one day to France, and um, I rang her, and I was like, don't do that, you know? I'd be worried about where you're going or whatever. And, she, and I had a good chat with her this day, and she said... Um, I didn't really have any friends. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you, my parents ran pubs and, and uh, B&Bs their whole life. And she said, yeah, but they were all dad's friends. 
he didn't like me to have friends because I had to be his best friend. And it made me be the decision for myself to be my best friend. So I tried to talk to myself like I would talk to my friends because sometimes we do stuff and actually your friends would say, are you kidding me? So although there's many, many, many women that inspire me, I try to be my inspiration, which can sound however way it does, but I think it's really important that if you can start with that, you start to talk to yourself differently, um, and it's certainly made me a happier person. So, although there's lots of women, and I speak to most of them on the podcast, so I'm really lucky and fortunate to be able to do that, I try to be a better person so that I can be my inspiration or two. Guys, is there any more questions? I knew she would. This one, this one does not stop talking. <laughs> Go. So what, so what the advice would be if you wanted to start your own business? Well, I'll, I'll start. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Say just Literally, do it. and do you know why I, I coach people that are starting out in business and I coach people that have very successful businesses and we will always be worried about something. Fear is just fear itself. I've, you know, I've started most of my business with zero money, no capital, um, and I've just, you just find a way. But, f- you know, ask for help, definitely. But, um, yeah, just do it. I mean, I was with a huge company the other day, and they're scaling, and she said, I just can't work this out, shall I? And I said, just do it. Just take the step. What is the worst that can happen? I've had loads of businesses. I've had loads that have been crap. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't bother me. Absolutely. And I've also done some really weird businesses, do you know what I mean, but that have done very well, but yeah just don't be scared because if it's meant to be, listen to that your gut 100%, if I'd listened to it a lot more when I was younger, when I made a lot of mistakes listen to it, if it doesn't feel right don't do it, ask for some advice get yourself in, surrounded by the right people but yeah, just don't wait, just do it. Because mm. if you wait, someone else will do it. Because actually, you'll get excited about it, you talk to everybody about it, and then another bug will go and do it. Mm. I agree. I also had, um, like, I know I have a successful women's wear boutique, but I had a kid's shop. People seem to forget about it, but I had one. And it failed miserably, miserably, like. Um, well, actually, we had enough money to survive, but we would have never had a wage. That was the name of it. But it was pre Instagram, so wasn't it? Um, I don't know, was it? It was maybe Facebook, Facebook I think. Um, and what I learned from closing that is that there's no fa- like there's no shame in failure. Like, I think before I had that, I was all like, oh God, are people going to think I'm a disaster and I'm failing? And now I'm like, do you know what? I tried, I tried, I gave it my all, it didn't work. What about it? Like, you know, nobody else next to me did it. Actually, I'll tell you something. There's so no shame in that, like. In Elite Plant, in my Pilates business, we, I looked, B-Bell is doing very, very well and I'm very busy. I looked at Elite Pilates and went, I can't cope. And I can't. I couldn't do it. Looked at it April and I went, I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to shut one down. 
So I sh went shut one of the studios. I knew one of my instructors wanted to do that. Yeah. So I just said to her, look, I, instead of me shutting, do you want to take it over? Just, just buy the machines off me and keep the clients. The peop and I remember I was saying, do you think this would be a good idea? And I said, I can't advise you on this because I'm going to close anyway. But if you'd like the clients, then you can have them. But straight away, I got emails, phone calls. Are you okay? Oh my God, are you you're closing? Countable. Oh my God, what's happened? And I was like, no, this is a celebration. Like, it's just giving me back 12 hours of my week. You know, so... And that wouldn't bother me anyway. I close tomorrow, it doesn't bother me. I go to Spain, get some sunlight. What's the problem? I've got friends that won't start businesses without a business card. Don't be ridiculous. If you've got a good idea, just go and do it. Nothing, there's no barriers anymore. And you can do anything. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how much I can add to that, really. Um, apart from back yourself, really. Um, I think we, we overthink things. And there's that old adage of... Um, Two people will apply for a job the guy will go in he'll be totally unqualified he'll be like not a worker and he'll go in and he'll sell himself he'll talk about how great he is and then the woman will go in for a job and be totally overqualified and be perfect for the role and will go in and tell them about everything that she's not able to do and everything that she can't do because i think we we don't back ourselves or we're more modest or something i don't know um, and the fact is since i started going actually yeah look you you know you've done it you've lived it you've you know the stuff, why don't you just go in and, and just do it? So I started saying yes to things. Yeah. That um, Having said no to loads of things, because I got into the habit of saying no, um, because I was afraid, uh, I started saying yes to things that I really wanted. Not, this, not just for the sake of saying yes, but um, to the stuff I really wanted. And I kind of thought, oh, that sounds exciting. Or, um, and I started to back myself, and then things just started to kind of snowball. Um, so yeah, that the little bit I can add is say just just go for it and back yourself and just if you have the idea and you have the knowledge, just do it. Yeah. Mine would be just to I suppose tune into the why behind you're doing why you're doing it, because we all buy we all buy into the why and we don't realise it. Like if there's a bit of emotion and we're kind of conditioned to think like a man about going at business. And I've learned, I, I started one business, I fell into it by mistake nearly, I decided to go part-time and the boss I had at the time said, oh, could you just start working for yourself and take on the account? So I threw a name together, threw invoices together and I just continued and I kind of got caught in that path until I went, hang on a minute, this isn't actually who I want to be at all or isn't actually what I want to be doing. And it's only now, about four years in, that I'm changing everything, everything, <laughs> to finally go back to the stuff that fills the tank and I'm buzzing with excitement for what's to come. And I finally am in tune with that feminine voice that I shut down for so long. And they're the people I want to help. I don't care if it's a quarter of the business that I wanted to do originally, but it's actually people that I can have direct impact with. And that's, I suppose, it's because I tuned into why I'm doing it and what motivates me. So it doesn't matter if you're going to be selling things at a stall or starting up, you know, Ireland's best tech company. If you are not motivated by the why, you'll run out of steam. And in your shadow is a woman who has done all of that and is still going very strong because she just never said no to who she was. I'm looking at you, Kira. 
you know, she always was like, no, well, I'm going to do it this way and it's going to work. And now she just celebrated 50k on Facebook or something you know, mad over the weekend. But and like, I've actually told uh, no, Miss like, Kira Crosnell that she's it, not like, allowed to actually apply for any awards <laughs> in the next two years because she's she's reefed them all up. Wedding Dates is one of the most successful companies yeah. in Ireland. And she's true to herself, like, I think, behind it all. Same with you, Maeve. I think the magic that you have is being authentically yourself and people start a business and they forget the magic piece of the pie, the why, you know? Yeah, so if I could just be good at accounts now and taxation, <laughs> I'd be but flying. But no, like, look at the things you're good at and do but the no things you're strength. good at and outsource where your weak spot is, you know? I spend so much time thinking, my, my brain isn't mathematical at all. My brain is into the visual and the creative and I spelt, spent so long trying to fit, what's that saying, a square peg, hole, whatever, yeah. that. I've been doing like that, hammering it in for years and when I just remove that from the equation, I'm like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing but I try to be so many things that I'm not. You know, so. Yeah, but you try and help everybody and you don't help yourself. I know, I don't. That's like, exactly I met it. Virginia a couple of years ago about an event and I had no notion. I met her for a coffee in Blackpool. I was more interested in the coffee because Ned was only a few weeks old. And like you, yeah, you were like, right, so why are you doing it? What are we doing? You just you pulled everything out of it in the space of a half an hour and made it what it was. Like You're amazing at what you do, but you just tend to do it for other people. Yeah, but that, like it's, I was saying earlier, and it's not to, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, you should. I genuinely can't do it for myself sometimes, so I've, I've hit that pa- I've she rings pause me. on everything. I just ring Shannon and go, like a terrier. And I go, what are you talking about? And I go, that's grand, that's off my back. I've shared that with them once. But you ago. need that person, you know? And as Viola just said, back yourself, like, and yeah, that's yeah. so true, like. Absolutely, but it's taken me a decade to get to that, you know? No, absolutely. Ladies, thank you so much for coming today. Just to let you know, in, Brown Thomas have been very supportive of Bebel and what we stand for. Um, and, you know, this whole thing of the philosophy of being supported and, and pushing women up, um, they are completely behind us. And in January, we're actually running a two-day event here in Brown Thomas. And it will all be about things that we should be doing that we're not doing, giving ourselves permission to do a bit of travelling, permission to look behind our mask, permission just in case our body is a barrier. Um, and I hope that you'll all come along because we're going to have some good fun over the two days. Um, but I can't thank you enough for your support. Please keep following, keep, please keep supporting. And let us know if there's something that you want to see. This will happen much more often in the new year, um, but I can't thank you enough. So thank Can you I just very add much. one thing to that, Shan? Thank you for giving us a voice and for being here. But before you leave, like be that for each other. You're sitting next to fabulous people. Don't leave. We'll never again be in the room together like this. Every event you go to, you will never get the same people in the room. So don't leave until you leverage that. Like you could be maybe having an idea or maybe you can help somebody in your industry don't waste the opportunity because I went to so many networking events going hi you know and didn't talk to people so do it now we have time like you've about 10 minutes 5 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so make it fast thank you very much I appreciate it <laughs>